in a world where Netflix has produced seven great adaptations of the Chronicles of Narnia, whether it be a series or movies or whatever. That's a good trailer voice. I like that. That's very good. Thank you. Welcome to Talking Beasts from NarniaWeb.com, where we explore the world of C.S. Lewis and keep a watchful eye on the latest Narnia movie news. This is Talking Beasts. Welcome back, everyone. This is Glumpuddle. And this is Rillian. And we are kicking off this season of the podcast with a, a hot one. Um, we're talking about the possibility sizzling, sizzling. sizzling, sizzling hot. I can feel, I can hot. feel the heat sizzling from the listeners' ears right now because they they know generally what the topic is from the headlines. It's as so. hot as one of the fireberries from the mountains of the sun. How dare you mention even bring this up? We're talking about the possibility of Netflix of their up upcoming Narnia adaptations that are still in development expanding beyond the seven books going beyond the canon <laughs> sizzle like a skillet of bacon right there and i want to emphasize it's just a possibility it's just fan speculation netflix has not officially so it's said possible in the sense that a crossover with marvel would be possible it's possible in the sense that we love to torture <laughs> ourselves and think about it but no, it might be a little more likely than that. Uh, Mark Gordon has producer Mark Gordon said some really interesting things that we did a whole episode on way back when. Um, but officially, all we really know about Netflix is first off, a few months ago, um, a source confirmed a source close to the production confirmed to us that they are still in active development at this time, um, and we know for sure that they've officially announced in a press release uh, almost exactly three years ago now um, that they are developing both series and films. And that original press release included the word universe three times. Um, so that made people go, well, is, does that mean they're going to go beyond the canon and have a repeat spin spinoff and have a Koryakin Begins and yada, yada, yada? That part is just speculation. So I'm going to be very, very clear about that. This is just the hypothetical that we're talking about here. Hypothetical off of the clues released by the studio mostly speculation i would say based on yeah some little clues if you want to read it that way but i would also which say look look I at do. marvel okay you do <laughs> that, which is fair it's totally fine um <laughs> it, it could be the case and, and you know, look at you look at marvel you look at game of thrones and of course it's it yeah it's this is a thing that could totally happen with the climate that we're in if the, the cs lewis estate allowed it um and believe it or not really in some people have opinions about this no now, one of those people with strong opinions about this is uh, the creator of a new YouTube channel called Into the Wardrobe, which I highly recommend our listeners check out. This is not just a commercial. It's not just a plug. I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, it's a series of very well-produced and well-written videos that explore parts of Narnia in detail. Now, there are some great theories in store today, so let's get started. It's time to leave the Shadowlands behind and step into a world that's more real than our own. It's time to follow me into the wardrobe. When I first started seeing these videos pop up, I saw titles like Tumness Isn't Who You Think and Who Is the Lady of the Green Kirtle? And they reached about 10 minutes long. And so my first impression was that they felt very clickbaity. And I assumed that, well, 95% of this is just fan fiction speculation. But actually not so much. I found them really interesting, really enjoyable, really well produced. And I will include a link to the channel in this description. Uh, I bring it up. 
because the creator, Stuart, is working on a video that should be done by the time we post this episode. And he was kind enough to send us the script for it. But it's about this possibility of Netflix going beyond the canon, which is something that Stuart feels can be done well. Um, and he has a few suggestions for Netflix in that video, some of which we're going to react to later in this episode. But let's just start off with the gut reaction. Uh, Rillian, what is just your gut reaction? If you were to hear, if all we heard was, hey, Netflix is going to be going beyond the canon and making their own, and we don't know to what extent, what's your gut reaction to the idea of Netflix expanding on Narnia in a significant way? Going beyond the seven stories that C.S. Lewis told and are beloved. And, and doing a good job. Well... Just, that's just, also just, part of the question, right? No, no, no. Well, 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 just the idea of it. Let's my, start so there. So my gut reaction is uh, an impression of Luke Skywalker from The Empire Strikes Back. No! No! That's impossible! <laughs> I think that this question gets... And I actually do have thoughts about this, not just reactions. I do have kind of the gut reaction of no, but like I don't I don't like this. But it's, it is two questions. It's... In theory, am I opposed to this happening, right? In mm-hmm. theory, am I, or is this the low? But then there's also the question of, yeah, but how will it actually play out with mm-hmm. this studio in this setting with the script writers of today in Hollywood? But yeah, my overall kind of lumping it all together gut reaction is, please, please, no. Sure, sure. And <laughs> please, I think, please, 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 no. I think you that's a really good summary of how the vast majority of people that love the Narnia books feel. It's always, you say, what do you think? And the first reaction, they'll like visibly flinch. Like, no, no, that would be the worst thing ever. That would be doomsday. That's the last thing we want. And then if you press them a little bit and ask a few more questions, usually I find some nuance. I find it's not quite so simple yep. as definitely no. Um and, uh, and you actually hit it. You hit the nail on the head just now, because for a lot of fans, when you say, well, that's the last thing I want, it is literally the last thing that they would want, because they want what the would they first. want first, they would want all seven books adapted. And then the last thing they would want after all the care and love went into the books being adapted into series or films would be something extra. Exactly. Um, and uh, just looking at some posts here in the Talking Bees Facebook group, uh, just re- reaction to this idea of Netflix going beyond the seven books. Uh, Swan White posted, I would be decidedly unenthusiastic, uh, which, again, that that's putting <laughs> it for most of the fan for the fan base. That is putting the gut reaction mildly. Um, Clifford wrote, I'm sure someone could do it well. But once you go down that road, there's no guarantee that you'll come back. My fear is that once producers feel they have creative freedom with the canon, there's a chance that future installments could stray far away from what C.S. Lewis had originally intended for the series. Um, so I think that um, I, I really want to emphasize this because Netflix, if you're listening, I just want to make it clear that we're going to talk about some nuance to this question. But the short answer is there will there will be some revolting there will if, if this is announced, if, you, if we're, if we're going to go far beyond the canon, there will be some extre- for the vast majority of fans. The reaction will be extremely negative. That, that's the gut reaction. It's a question of. The percentage of fans that bring pitchforks versus torches. That's really the question here. Exactly. Um, That said, uh, for the purposes of this discussion, because this is something we've talked about here and there in Mm -hmm. past episodes, but I thought, you know, it it deserves its own episode because it is a more complicated issue than it seems initially. Yes. Yes. 
And one thing I found, one, one, the little, little nuance that comes up after you get past that gut reaction when you ask people is they'll say, um, well, let me here's a post from Jenilyn from the Talking Bees Facebook group. Um, Jenilyn says, we still haven't had decent adaptations of all the other books. There's already so much content they can use. I would say only after we first get faithful, high-quality adaptations, then maybe they could consider it. I mean, could, could consider expanding. Yeah. Uh, and I think most people would probably agree with that. If we're talking about, okay, Netflix, if we're, let's, let's travel forward in time here. Netflix has made, whether it's a movie or a series or whatever, Netflix has covered the seven books and we're, we're generally really happy with those seven adaptations. And we feel like these people understand Narnia. And I really like the way the direction they've gone at that point, you go, well, those people saying, Hey, we want to make our own Narnia stories. Then it does become a little more of a maybe. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the nuance I see in a lot of different places. And a lot of it is, I think, for the majority of Narnia fans, it is a practical question, not a theoretical question. And the reason I say that is, um, let's say tomorrow, Douglas Gresham were to announce, I have found a completed manuscript for an eighth Narnia book that takes place, say, in between this one and this one. And Lewis just never got a, Jack never got a chance to walk it over to the publisher. And uh, we, would you like to see it? It turns out the Lafay fragment. It turns out he actually did finish yes, it. Yes, it turns we, out that he finished the. We Lefay found fragment. the rest of it, and it's really yes. good. Every one of them would want. Every single CS fan would say, "Yeah, I'll, I'll be in line. I'll pre-order." Right. So it's absolutely. It, it, why is that? The reason is because they, uh, for obvious reasons, trust CS Lewis to write and expand and elaborate on this on the world of Narnia. Well, and, but also honor the fact that he's the author. He can do whatever he right. wants. Exactly. Uh-huh. So it's it's Whereas a de facto, it de facto goes without saying, right? Uh-huh. Um, maybe there'd be the one crazy fan out there that's like, no, no, right. seven's the perfect number. Um, <laughs> I don't want to read it. It's done. I don't want to <laughs> see done. it. Which it's if done. you don't, then you should ignore our episode talking about the uh, the, Lef- the Lefay fragment, which is a whole, um, essentially Lewis's first attempt at a sequel to The Magician, yes. to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe that he he totally aborted. Um, you, and you can saying, find sorry. it out there. It's pretty cool. Yep. To I'll read. include a link to that in the description if I remember. Yeah. So I think for the purposes of this discussion, let's assume that we're in a world, we're in a world where Netflix has produced seven great adaptations of the Chronicles of Narnia, whether it be a series or movies or whatever. That's so here we are. Voice. I like thank, that. That's very good. Very good. It's the year, you know, twenty thirty or so. Um, the last battle is a smash success, and everyone agrees. All the C.S. Lewis scholars and the fangirls alike. Everybody, ag- <laughs> everybody agrees that it was a solid. <laughs> Hang on, let me get a sip of tea here. Um, now, where do we go from here, if anywhere? Netflix says, well, we want to keep going. I want to mention here really quick. You mentioned one reason that, you know, if you brought out, oh, C.S. Lewis had this unfinished manuscript. Do you want to see it of an eighth Narnia book? Yes. One reason we'd want to see it is because he's C.S. Lewis. But I think one of the other reasons is that. The world of Narnia kind of invites um, invention. And it invites fan fiction. Yeah. Even if, even like, I'll admit, I've never written down a piece of Narnia fan fiction, but do you think I played it through in my head as a kid? Sure. 100%. Uh-huh. And 100% like there, there, there was that uh, reader that wrote to C.S. Lewis asking about Susan, and basically Lewis gave mm-hmm. some thoughts on maybe this, maybe that, but then said, I don't know, why don't you write it? Which is not mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis giving someone else permission to re- release an official Narnia book by any right. means, but I think that's a great yeah. compliment. It, it does it. invite imagination. Yeah, it and does. like the world, more than just about anything I've ever read, it, it to me, it's like, you know, the, the books aren't that long, but the, you just believe, wow, there's a, 
um, there's a hundred thousand stories they could have told, and we've, we're only yeah. seeing seven of them. So even it does when Link invite. said they want to go to Narnia. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. Obviously, <laughs> you know, you've got something if, here. If Great Mythical Morning would rather take place in Narnia than any other mythical land, I mean, it kind or of... good or just Good Mythical Morning. But if they want to yes. do a Great Mythical Morning, oh yeah, Good Mythical Morning. Sorry. Um, anyway, so my point is that like it, it's this tension between clearly Narnia. You read it, you can't not just invent some things for yourself in your head. It, it completely invites that. Um, and Lewis acknowledges some of it. And some of it is just like, to me, it's like the wood between the worlds. What if you had jumped into another pool? What would you have found? You can't help but think that. And that's part of the magic of it is the feeling that there's so much more here than what's on the page. But as far as actually putting da- taking what's not on the page and putting it on the page, what would we do? Um, so what I have here, I've been, I've been giving this matter quite a bit of thought. And I have found through having really? a, lot, a, a, a little bit, I have found that with these discussions and we're talking about this question i find it's very productive to have hypothetic very specific hypothetical examples as opposed to just talking about um very often people have a hugely negative reaction to the general idea of netflix mm-hmm. expanding yeah, but if I, you I say agree. but what about this oftentimes not always very often you start to get some more nuance in the responses and just a reminder mm-hmm. to netflix if you're listening the gut reaction is absolutely negative and rightfully so um but we're in a world where they produced seven good adaptations. So I have three tiers here of ways to expand on the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, like the kinds of expansion. And I call these three tiers elaboration, speculation, and invention, basically as words for how far away from the canon we go. And I kind of wanted to, um, I've seen nothing but no from you really in whenever I've seen you like interact on Facebook or wherever, whenever this issue has come up. So I kind of want to see. It's not always like that. Sometimes it's just no, 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 no. And like I said, like I said, you represent the vast majority of the fan base, and I'm pretty much with you too. But I think I will play devil's advocate a little bit here for the purposes of this discussion. So I just kind of want to see at what point can I get you, Rillian, and therefore maybe a number of listeners to say, "Huh, maybe." Where is that line? If we're in a world where, um. Uh, Netflix has produced seven great adaptations. And you hear, oh, okay, this is what they're doing. How do you feel about that? So let me start with uh, the first tier, which I just call elaboration, which is essentially something that Lewis has provided a pretty good general framework for, that they're just having to elaborate in order to make a plot. Just just to ask you, so from this launching off point, are we seven great films into Netflix? Well, let, let me, or let me are start... We- let me start with one where they're starting off, okay? Here's one okay. where we're not there yet. This is like a few years from now, let's say. And then, then we'll go beyond after that. So okay, let's okay. say, hypothetically, let's say, you know, a year from now, they announce that they're going to be producing a six-episode adaptation of The Line, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's the number of episodes BBC did, by the way. Six-episode adaptation of The Line, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And what if one of those episodes, let's say it's a 45-minute episode, shows The White Witch... Uh, invading Narnia, taking over the beginning of the Hundred Year Winter, and we can we see that Christmas can't happen anymore. We see that dramatized in some way. You know, Father Christmas can't get in. Maybe Tumnus is there. Maybe his father is there. You know, witnessing the fall of Narnia. Um, now, basically, we know that happened at some point, and we know when it happened, and we have Tumnus gives some detail about it. But yeah, as far as a forty-five minute episode, it's gonna, a lot of it is going to be made up from scratch but i would call that elaboration we know what happened and we can kind of guess how it happened 
Um, how would that make you feel in the context of a canonical line, the witch in the wardrobe adaptation, you've got this thing that elaborates in a major way. It would strike me as a bad idea, but not heretical per se. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I take your point on the elaboration. It, it does make it different. Um, for me, I would just say, this isn't going to work on a practical level. I, I can, I, you're, you're, doing a story of the line, the witch in the wardrobe, and you're going to deviate from that to do a 45 minute backstory into the villain. I, I would just say on a practical level, that, that would be my first gut reaction is no, that's just not going to flow. It's not, it's going to disconnect from the story. I, I, I don't see, mm-hmm. see how it could really be done well. Um, so it would be mostly practical, but there's a part of it that would be, I'll put it this way. I don't know of very many people who are themselves authors who respect and like Lewis's work, who think they themselves could easily come up with a lot of original material to match the quality and spirit Lewis put into the books. Well, the way to just adjourn this discussion right now then, right? <laughs> well, you could say that, but I'm saying, just, you know, sure. Kind of well, editions. okay, but let me ask you this. Did you ever find a bit of writing that was in any adaptation, right? We're talking like Nar- Narnia cartoon to, you know, BBC to Walden, where you said, huh, that whole scene of dialogue is completely unrelated, completely new and original, but it's just as good as anything Lewis wrote. Uh, I don't know about a dialogue scene. We'll say there's a bit in the focus on the family radio drama, where some of you know, the narrators has something like, you know, you, Dragon Eustace decided that he would just leave and go away. And this new Eustace decided this was the right thing to do, which is not in the books. Oh, that's and it's true. a shame because it's true. really good. It is really good. That's an example. So again, I'm not saying that that's impossible. That is a good counterexample. Both of us like Prince Caspian overall. We don't love it, but the movie, we like Prince Caspian. And the Night Raid, yeah, you could argue that's kind of sort of vaguely inspired by a plot point in the book, but it's essentially mm-hmm. a totally original thing. Mm-hmm. And there's things in it we don't like, the Caspian father thing. But there are scenes in, <laughs> um, you know, like one of my favorite scenes maybe in the whole series is when they the Pevensies enter the stone table and it's the big reveal of the stone table and the fire right. comes around. That's not really in the book at all. Not certainly mm-hmm. not in that way. It's also a very visual aspect. And I'm talking about because what at some point when we're talking about a lot of this original content, we're talking about a lot of dialogue and plot points. Okay, so uh, but this is not a the White Witch thing is not a completely new plot point. It would just be elaborating on something. And True. I would say I don't. I'm not I'm not sure quite what you mean by feasible. It may just be maybe hard to tell a good story with this. I would say number one. I mean, I thought of this example because it strikes me as something I see in a lot of shows, kind of trending, where like you're in in the flow of the plot and you're on a cliffhanger, and all of a sudden. Actually, we're going to flash back for a while. We're going to focus on this character for a bit. Oh, I, that we, I see oh, that happening. About. Yeah, I can see this episode minutes, happening yeah, like, happening. okay, maybe a 30-minute episode. I, mean, this, <laughs> I, I can see this happening like, you know, halfway through the series. You know, it's like like Edmund leaves the beavers, cliffhanger ending. And then we get a flashback episode where we find out that, yes, the White Witch is evil. She's not good. Like, maybe you thought she was uh, when Edmund, you know, when she gave him the Turkish delight. Um, so we we bring the audience back up to speed. I would also say I can see Netflix, again, as far as the likelihood something like this could happen. Netflix, um, they're going to be looking for ways, and Jim Fan kind of disagrees with me on this, but I think they'll be actively looking for ways to make this adaptation stand apart from the 2005 version. Mm-hmm. Um, this so recently I think, after? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a decent chance this could happen. Oh, I could imagine a whole charm, extended charm yeah. sequence. I think that's very likely. If oh, which is, 
leads Start me into this next one here, actually. Okay. Um, Go ahead. So this is from Stuart uh, from the uh, YouTube channel Into the Wardrobe, which, again, I'll link in the description. I'm seriously, it's really good. You look at the, you know, your impression of it might be, oh, it's fan fiction, yada, yada. It's not. It's like he has some really insightful thoughts and the um, production values are really good. Uh, so Stuart uh, had an idea for um, uh, doing more, uh, doing a story about the fall of Charn. Okay, now, as long as we're dreaming, I have to throw this one in here. We need, no, we demand a spinoff series that's set in the world of Charn. I mean, the whole setting is nearly Shakespearean. It's like The Crown meets The Mandalorian. Entire seasons could be written about the rise and fall of the Charn royal family, culminating with the final season that features the epic battle between Jadis and her sister, with the utterance of the deplorable word and the final tragic attempt by Jadis to place herself in suspended animation for all eternity. I'm telling you, that's a series the entire world would watch. By the way, now we're in a world where they've already produced seven adaptations of the books. Right. And that then they say we're gonna seven good adaptations that we love. If they then say we're gonna do a Charn prequel, a whole se- let's say a six episode season. What what what's your what are your thoughts on that? A six episode prequel. So, okay. Um How's your blood pressure doing? You all right? Uh, my blood pressure's fine. Okay. because uh, whatever, I still have the seven books. Um <laughs> That's yeah, you see it makes it a little so, easier. No, my 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 gut reaction is it is no, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, I want to go down this path because it is kind of interesting, interesting mental exercise. It's it sort of in terms of how big a no it will be. All right. Let's, let's just, <laughs> yeah. let's, I, I want to be as nuanced as, as the, re, as here. the reaction, you know? Yeah. I, as uh-huh. I, you know, I, I do want to be as nuanced as we, as I can, you know, sometimes I think if in the minds of Lewis fans, if, if it were a little more disconnected, it would, probably uh taper some of the response uh somewhat like if it was far off as opposed to my first example which is right in the middle of a line right. in the wardrobe series right. well now we're off in our own little bubble yeah. and that's some far ways, removed from the events we know yes it, it it's sort of uh it's sort of like like let's say you're a, a huge star wars movie fan but you're like Man, Rebels just wasn't very good. It's just not mm-hmm. very good. But you know what? I don't have to watch Rebels because it's completely disconnected. And I can just ignore Star Wars Rebels. Okay. You know, it, I think that's going to be something that Netflix might make a gamble on. One, is it going to be uh, something that they want to uh, segment off so it's a little bit ignorable, say, by... Ignorable might be a good word, right? The, the episode the with the fans? White Witch is, ho- is not, it's not, it's not so ignorable. And now if you mm-hmm. don't like it, now your precious line in which the wardrobe adaptation is tarnished, even if you love the rest of it. Uh-huh. The other thing, and I could definitely see Netflix doing this, is them... Uh, and again, this has been done with other universes, right? Which is the new thing to create. Um, is, well, we go for a different audience, Right, mm-hmm. so we have this family audience maybe for these movies, and for then the core we movies this, based on the books. Maybe a, a tween, a tween audience for the spinoff, or a children, like a more exclusive children's audience for this spinoff. I could uh, definitely see them doing that. I'm not saying it would make it more palatable to me, um, but but it would it would sort of I think impact how it registers in the minds of fans. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a really interesting question. Um, is 
like y- you were thinking if it's far off in its own bubble, it might make it easier for people to accept. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I-, I think like you could, ar- but the first, I'm not sure which one fans in general would find easier to swallow. Like the white witch example I gave where you have an episode where she takes over mm-hmm. Narnia starts the hundred year winter. Those are all things that we know happened that we're just right. elaborating on. So some people might say, well, okay, at least you're still being consistent with the canon, even though you're elaborating on it. Mm-hmm. But this thing with Charn, oh my God, you're, you're, a whole series, you know, you're going you're way far beyond, you know, like how, how, how it's one thing to take what Lewis, take the ball right. Lewis gave us and run with it. But now you're just often completely making up your own thing. Um, so I, I don't know what thing, and this is a good one for the comments, which of yeah. those things uh, makes you more uncomfortable? Well, and that last thing, that in my previous the previous example, where I said there's going to be like 10% of me that no matter what, I'm just not going to trust the writers until I see it. Right. Uh, like, but but I would now, now we're in a world them. where we have, we have seven good adaptations of the books. Okay, so we have... I, well, and don't misunderstand me. I don't think some fans would be more open to it. I think that they might be a little more quiet about it because they could ignore it. Mm-hmm. So you imagine fans were like, you're, you're at a Christmas party or something, right? And you're, a bunch of you are Narnia fans or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Christmas parties you go to. That's the thing. Like, I'm That's where I want to go. Party. A lot of them are going to be Narnia fans. <laughs> I've, right? I've been to a few Christmas parties. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the, I was talking to like, Narnia all Christmas at my parties. Church. We Hi, movie Aristotle. Like, we were discussing Patrick whether it was like more of a we were more Narnia fans or, or Tolkien fans or Lewis fans, <laughs> and like we were talking about different books and things. Um, but but my point being, um, you know, the the, the, new, the Narnia stuff comes out from Netflix, and people are like, did you see it? And then people are, if it's you have like the first example long deviation uh, elaboration right on the web in the middle of line with order not any fans can be like, oh my goodness like did you see that episode like oh my i i would just ignore that episode except except i can't it's like it's not going to even make sense if i just skip it so it's like i'm gonna have to explain to my kids you know or brief them before that they watch this show after uh-huh. they've read the book but then if you have like this chart Oh, I watched the first episode of the Charn uh, series last night. Like, yeah, um, I'm not even going to bother with it. You might not get as much active anger about it, but but, but because, because they can ignore it's it. more because not it's more approve. ignorable. It's not that they are able to approve of it; it's that they're more it's able more, to ignore it. It's just more ignorable. So yes. yeah, so it's I can see what you're saying there with the mixed feelings on what do you approve of more being very very far from the canon or kind of staying sort of within it. It's right. like on one hand. I'm maybe you're more annoyed by them going very far away from it. But on right. the other hand, it's also easier to ignore. Um, it's sort of like some of the political stuff today where you hear about something and it's like, oh, man, like, do, you, do you hear about like, ah, that's in another country? It's like, yeah, what, what, whatever. But then if your next door neighbor is the uh, grass is too long. OK, there's a good like, analogy. Come on, you know, there's a good it's analogy. Like, I can't okay. ignore this or okay. worse. My neighbors like actively cut their grass. So then it's like. Got them on my lawn now because they cut theirs <laughs> and mine looks bad in comparison. But hey, let's be honest, it's easier to ignore global warming than it is to ignore your neighbors. Like, Un- unless you're talking about onto your fence and onto your car, unless you're talking about the kind of global warming <laughs> Douglas Gresham told us about, oh, then yeah. it's not so easy for Narnia fans to ignore. Uh, longtime Narnia Webers will get that joke, though. So, those first two examples, the White Witch episode in Line the Witch in the Wardrobe and the Rise and Fall of Charn. I call both of those elaboration, though, charn to a much greater degree. 
so now we move into the next tier I've come up with, and I call this speculation. And so to express this, I come up with an example I post in the Talking Feast Facebook group. Uh, suppose, hypothetical, here's an example of speculation, hypothetical example. Netflix announces a Reapy Cheap series where Reapy Cheap is the main character. And we don't know what the story is, but all we know is that there's an uh, there's some aspect of the story that is um, some of the Telmarines are still struggling to accept Caspian as the legitimate king of Narnia. That's all we know. So I call this speculation because you could say, okay, sure. So this takes place somewhere in the three years between Prince Caspian and Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And, um, okay, you know, Caspian did have to, you know, he built up the fleet from almost nothing, right? When he built up the Dawn Treader. Okay, there was some rebuilding to do. That makes sense. And it's not implausible at all to say there may have been some tension there. Um, then we know Reaper Cheap did something. We don't know what. Um, so I call that speculation. Like, there's a, a, a hole in the canon mm-hmm. that you can fill. Um. So I, I see that as you know another step away uh, in turn uh, uh, right. from the canon. There, uh, what is your reaction to that? I saw you. I I don't know if you could hear this on the microphone, but really enrolled his eyes. Um, maybe you could. Uh, your reaction to uh, a series called Tale of Reapy Cheap. <laughs> he loves it. Uh, uh, sorry, Tale of Despero is sitting on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> Um, T A I L. <laughs> so I, I, well, again, in this example, you said you were seven good adaptations in, right? Right. So at this point, we've got seven good adaptations, so and I now think, they're going to do a repeat cheap series. Here's what I think would happen, right? If you get like seven good adaptations in, I actually think you'd start to see. And I, I hope Netflix isn't going to listen to me say this. <sighs> you see this bifurcation in the minds of Narnia fans, right? You see this kind of split. They, mm-hmm. And they, they'd be doing it with their friends, with their kids, and in their own minds, they'd be saying, well, uh, like, oh, did you hear about that new, uh, t- t- isn't Netflix doing another show about that character? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so here's what Netflix did. This is how the fans would explain. So there's the seven books, right? They made seven films on the books. Well, because of the rights Netflix had, they basically have started doing their own fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I haven't seen the new one, but you're, I'm just going to have to look to see if, uh, th- if there's anything good about it. And maybe it will, maybe it won't. And I think you've seen, I think we have seen something kind of like this before. And that's with Star Wars. You have the original trilogy, right? From the mind and creative genius of George Lucas with all its good things and all its flaws, right? And that's kind of sacrosanct in the minds of a lot of Star Wars fans, right? And then a new show or a movie or a spinoff movie or something would come along, right? And so at that point, they're like, look, the rest of it, it's uh, a la carte, right? Well, I'll mm-hmm. take this, but I won't take that. Because And again, it, it's contingent on how ignorable it is. Well, right? yeah, see, that's what's interesting. So like with the Han Solo versus Mandalorian, that's an interesting comparison because the Han Solo, we're seeing a younger version of an iconic character. Yes. And it's ignorable in the sense that, I mean, I, I haven't seen it, to be honest, um, but but like it's hard to say it has no bearing whatsoever 
uh, right. I would imagine, on uh, episode four. Even if it doesn't affect the story uh-huh. at all, it's like, yeah, but now you have this, uh, this other beat to this character. Mm-hmm. Whereas The Mandalorian is more of a bubble. Obviously, yes. they occasionally put their toe in things that we really recognize, but mm-hmm. it is more of a bubble that doesn't directly touch. Um, and right. you can even, a lot of people, you can watch it in kind of an isolation without really knowing anything about uh, Star Wars mm-hmm. and, and enjoy it on some level. Um and I just find that tension so fascinating, and I really hope we get a lot of comments about it. About like, on, on one hand, it seems like going really far. You would think going really far beyond might offend mm-hmm. fans more, but it actually makes it easier to swallow by going in some really way, far away from like, it. Like two parallel or does series. It? Show me in the comments. So you mentioned Tale, Tales of Reaper Cheap or the Tale of Reaper Cheap. Right? <laughs> Tale of Reaper Cheap. There's only well, Tale yeah, Re- two. Yeah, Tale of Reaper. Well, he did have two. I guess. <laughs> you could call it Tales of Reaper Cheap. <laughs> part one, part two. <laughs> Pr- Pr- Prince Caspian was about the first tale. This yeah. is about the second. The, fir- tale. the first part. Uh, but if, yeah, Reaper Cheap. That would be under a lot more scrutiny. Uh-huh. As opposed to because he's such a beloved character for yes, one thing. Because it's like okay, this isn't just an extra reaper cheap. Like this reaper cheap has to still be the reaper cheap from C.S. Lewis, right? As opposed to oh yeah, this is a story of uh, when they conquered the Lone Islands. Exactly. You uh-huh. know, you have an entirely different king or something like you know that you never knew conquering the Lone Islands. Then you're able. And to it could have been to... anybody for all we know. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, well, it was Gale, but as far as what he was like, you know, yeah, it could have exactly. been anybody. But you're able to really kind of say it one, it's more ignorable, and two, uh-huh. it doesn't. Not as much hinges on its yeah. faithfulness. There's a lot more and freedom. So you're a little more open-minded in some ways, you know. Whereas, like, you know, in a solo, fans are like, I think he's too good. He needs to be a little meaner, a little. Or more I don't know. I don't you know? really buy. He's, he doesn't look like a younger Harrison Ford to me. I don't know. He yeah. wouldn't do that, even when he was younger. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, and then you end up watching the deep fake uh, Han Solo Harrison Ford <laughs> on YouTube. You know, which uh-huh. is okay. Um, so. I've talked about elaboration. Quick recap here. I've talked about my first tier, which is elaboration, which was uh, the White Witch episode or uh, a season about the fall of Charn. Then speculation, which is Reaper Cheap, you know, right in there between Prince Caspian and Don Shredder. My third and final tier is invention. No! You've been listening to Talking Beast, the Narnie podcast, and NarnieWeb.com. <laughs> Please give us five stars on iTunes. Um, so let, here's a hypothetical example of invention. A new series that's set in Earth time in the 1920s, which is between Magician's Nephew and the Land of Witch and the Wardrobe chronologically. Um, so the Pevensies aren't even born yet. It's totally, all we know about it, let's see when this is announced, all we know about it is it's totally original characters. Children characters, but that's all we know, that somehow get into Narnia. So it's very, this is more of the bubble thing. Completely original characters. Um, completely new uh, conflict that just doesn't touch any of the other stories. Um, how does that make you feel, Rillian? Now we, we're, we're really that bubble is pretty thick at this point, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, pretty thick. It's it's going to. I rolled my eyes at the one. It's going to start to. So again, it's that spectrum of uh, 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 that we're, we're really uh, is this more or less offensive? Because it's it's like you. It's a great example of when you have Reaper Cheap. You have, yeah. how dare you do this with Reapy Cheap? Right. And this is kind of the other direction. This is, well, we're not how do we're not touching anything sacred in the sense right. that we're off so far removed from it. Right. Yeah. Um, 
someone digs up the magic rings and goes back to the world of pools. And no, they, they, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying no rings, no diggery, nothing. It's just original oh. characters. Like the book hints that there are many okay, chinks okay. and chasms between our world, you know? Yeah. So I, apart from the fact that it's in the, it, they will be, you know, children that I of course live on earth traveling to the same universe, Narnia. It's purely extra stuff, right? The pure invention. And it doesn't mess with the ginormous if of which you should put in like the headline for this episode, like if seven place does seven great films. Yes. Then, you know, obviously but, this is the first thing they announce torches yeah, and pitchforks. I think you're going to have a lot of fans. is like, no, please. No, just don't. They're going to say, no, just don't, 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 don't do it. And there's an element where they're going to say, they're going to shrug their shoulders. Right. And say, eh, probably won't watch the first episode. I don't know. If we've had seven good adaptations, you think you wouldn't at least watch the first episode yeah, you might, and be you might. curious as a, about part, it? As a part of it, you'd, you'd say, I, I might watch the teasers for it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll see what my other more compromising Narnia friends like Lump Puddles do and yeah. hear what, listen to what they say about <laughs> it. Um, uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly with you on this. I'm just playing kind of the how yeah, far can like, I push really I think there's an element where the people kind of shrug their shoulders. And I, again, I think what would start to happen if it's this disconnected at this point, right? I think you're going to find because again, you're already saying the big if is the movies were already really good. It's not like that mm-hmm. we're talking about seven bad films and then oh, this one yeah. spinoff was really amazing and in spirit with C.S. Lewis for some reason. Um, what you would find is some fans might be they'll be dismissive, right? They may not be as critical of if it ends up being bad. Like ah, yeah, that's that that's series. And they won't even mm-hmm. name it, right? And then if it ends up being surprisingly well acted and surprisingly in keeping with Lewis, they're it's they're going to be like, oh yeah, that actually wasn't so bad. And they're mm-hmm. but it's not going to have a very it's not going to get a lot of acclaim, and probably not get a whole lot of, um, probably not a whole lot of viewings. Honestly, it's hard for me to think about a series, a spinoff series. Yeah, it's hard to think of an example, but like or well, I think Star Wars probably is the best example as far as like, okay, they had a lot of successful ones right. now that, that now there's a sense that they're doing their own thing, even though yeah. it's not, not, they're not adaptations in the same True. way, but, but they all, and they also, and it's also as the studio and they, and Netflix, and they're going to be thinking of it like a business, which that's how yeah. they're going to think of this. Mm-hmm. And they may look at it as, yeah, well, we, we'd be designing a little spinoff series, not dependent on so much viewership, mm-hmm. right? Sort of like, I, mean, I, I don't know how many people are watching WandaVision, but I'm, I'm Pretty sure that people, you know, Disney is not like, well, no, the whole success of this program is like, we everyone needs to watch WandaVision. No, not everyone needs to watch WandaVision for them to say it's a successful show for the spinoff that it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, here's how I feel about all this. I've, I've been mostly trying to poke you and get you to react this whole time. Um, I think one of the issues at play here when you're talking about the possibility of anytime you have something that's been around long enough and is beloved long enough to feel sacred like the chronicles of narnia it's been around long enough for us to sort of invent a little bit in our heads i think mean, for some pe- some fans it's they want it to feel like history because they believe mm-hmm. it that, that they like that narnia feels so real to me mm-hmm. and when you start saying um you know let's just set aside string theory for a second here <laughs> when you start saying that oh now i have multiple versions of something right. it makes it feel less real yes and now it feels like fiction like yeah i like this oh, there's this world and this is canon and no this this stuff didn't happen this is the stuff that happened and when you like, start no, that's just in the forums of narnia web that didn't exactly, actually happen. exactly <laughs> when you start introducing like multiple versions of something 
you have that tension. And I think uh, that chord might be struck a little bit, even with adaptations, but those fans are willing to go, okay, well, it's an adaptation. It's not going to be perfect. Um, but uh, I think when you start getting further and further away, people start to go, no, I had this timeline that I really, like, I really believed it was real. I really, when I read the books, it really felt real to me. And now it's sort of, no, you're messing with that. You're spoiling the illusion by adding more stuff to it that's not consist- mm-hmm. not completely consistent with it. Um, I think that's the tension we feel here. I think I feel that a little bit less. I find I am able to say I go see an adaptation uh, or an addition, and I think I can just enjoy it for what it is, and then I can go back to the safety of the books and enjoy the books as well. Um, so I'm probably mm-hmm. slightly more open to this than most, most people. Again, we're in a world where Netflix is – if I have seen seven good adaptations that I really love – let's say there's one specific writer that's been involved and i've heard them talk and they get narnia and the proof is in the pudding the what they've done clearly they get it and they're saying i've got an idea for another narnia story i think in that situation i would be more than just well you know maybe i'll watch the first five minutes check it out but i think i'd be like i am I'm kind of interested in this, you know? I can say if, 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 if all day long. Right? Sure, but, but Netflix, got to make sure you hear those ifs. I, yeah, at the end of the day, I can speculate. I'm speculating on my speculation here, right? <laughs> at the end of the day, though, I'm still here, and I'm looking at a lot of things going on, and I, I'm uh, that's where I'm kind of sitting in the no camp for now. Right, and yeah, and that's I am people. not saying that I will never move from the no camp, but I am in the no camp right now. Fair enough. Yeah. And I got to imagine there's a lot of people listening with a lot of opinions. Please post a comment, you know, let's make our voices heard right now. Um, Tell Netflix how you feel about uh, the possibility of going beyond the canon. Um, Let's, let's just get your voice out there. If you've never posted a comment on an episode before, you know what, make this your first one. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where you get it out there. Let's really let Netflix say this is a point where Netflix might be still in a development stage where, you know, they haven't firmly committed to a lot. This is the time to really get our voices out there, which is one of the, this is basically why we posted uh, this episode when we did. If you're a Patreon supporter, you have a better idea of why we're posting this um, now kind of in reaction to something, but um, post a comment, make your voices heard. And just be clear. You kind of mentioned it just now, Netflix, we're talking the general reaction from fans is undeniably no give us seven good adaptations. How dare you think about going beyond (laughs) that? That's absolutely the feeling right now. Um, But give us seven, show us you can do it. And then there's a slight, maybe, maybe, maybe we might be okay with more. Maybe there's a maybe. It may be possibly Uh, no matter what happens. I love this. I love this drama. I love the, um, the going back and forth with you really. And I love the passionate fans, you know, uh, talking about what they love and why. So uh, I'll say if they announced a tale of Reapy cheap or whatever, it's like, (laughs) Hey, it might not make for a good series, but I bet it makes for a good podcast and some great discussions in the the comments section and the Facebook group and the forum and all that stuff. One thing um, that I've been wanting to ask you about, have resisted the temptation throughout this is Lord of the Rings because it is an example where they gave us three. Thank you. They gave <laughs> us three good adaptations, you know, with uh, that trilogy, mm-hmm. and now they're doing um, something that is probably pulling from stuff that the author uh, came up with, but mm-hmm. we don't really know. And so yeah. I'd be, I would love to hear. So that is a case where it's like, well, we know they're inventing something, and just to what extent? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that in the post show chatter. Uh, so click the link in the description. Uh, if you want to hear Rillian's thoughts, because I don't know too much about it, but Rillian's thoughts on the upcoming 
Amazon uh, Lord of the Rings series. Uh, thank you, Patreon supporters. Uh, with that, uh, you want to take the outro? Sure. You've been listening to Talking Beasts, the Narnia podcast from NarniaWeb.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and give us five stars on iTunes. Post a comment on NarniaWeb.com or in the Talking Beasts Facebook group. Visit Patreon.com slash NarniaWeb to support this podcast and get exclusive content, including more episodes. You can also email us at glumpuddle at NarniaWeb.com or Rillian at NarniaWeb.com. Until next time, further up and further in. Thank you.